Welcome to the Wellness Journey Podcast from the St. John Vianney Center. I am Nancy Santamaria, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to journey with you and to hopefully provide you with information that will help inform and inspire you. Our podcasts are aimed at keeping you healthy in mind, body, and spirit. This is podcast number 35. The title of today's talk is Time for Self-Compassion. In a conversation about self-compassion, it would be good if we could think about what compassion means to us. So take a moment and ponder what does compassion mean to you? Maybe jot down some notes. Compassion might include a listening presence, mercy, understanding, and if we expand the definition, it might even include forgiveness, but certainly kindness. And we good Christians are all very good at extending those things to other people. And it is also good for our sustaining self-compassion toward others to practice self-compassion giving kindness, understanding, encouragement, a listening presence to ourselves. First, we have to notice that there's suffering. If we're going to suffer with ourselves, we have to notice that there is suffering, as in, in order to extend compassion to another, we have to notice that they're suffering. And then self-compassion looks like taking time to be kind to one to ourselves. Let's think for a moment of how maybe Jesus taught us about kindness to self. He went off by himself to pray, to be in communion with his Abba, Father. He went off by himself in a boat, perhaps, or up the mountain. In the evening, when he could find some time for himself, or in the early, early morning. We can follow our Lord Jesus in being kind to ourselves. In the work of Kristen Neff, she has ex uh, researched extensively on the topic of self-compassion. And you can see her work at uh, the website, selfcompassion.org, where you will find articles and guided meditations for your personal practice if you're interested in this topic. She explains self-compassion through three elements. The first element is self-kindness versus self-judgment or even harsher self-condemnation. Kindness to self would look like taking time 
noticing what we need in order to persevere or face a certain challenge in our lives. And this is versus self-condemnation, the, the very harsh critical voices that we might hear during a time of stress, during a time of conflict, or when we have failed or made a mistake, perhaps. The second element is common humanity versus isolation. Common humanity is the idea that we are all human. We all have a common experience of being limited, of making mistakes, of, of failing sometimes. We have our gifts, but we also have our weaknesses, and we cannot be everything to everybody all the time. In fact, that does damage to ourselves because we're not able to sustain that over a great length of time. And for those of us in ministry, we do want to be able to sustain our kindness and our compassion toward others over a great length of time. So thinking that, oh, in the history of mankind, I am probably not the only person who has suffered like this. Perhaps uh, in this particular way, it's possible, but it's likely that there are other people who have suffered and other people who are suffering even at this very moment, because this is part of life. And we can learn from our mistakes and we can grow from them and we can move forward from forgiveness and self forgiveness. Common humanity versus isolation. Isolation is the idea that when we're in pain, we feel like we are the only ones who've experienced this. It's easy to see from the example of when we're in physical pain from perhaps a, a toothache or a lower back pain or a uh, kidney stone, you know, the pain is so uh, in extreme and intense that we can't think of anything else. But the way out is to remember that we are human and we do have failings. This is where I think we don't consider the body of Christ enough, that we each have gifts and that we all contribute to the wellness and the well-being of our world through our individual gifts and that we don't have to be everything to everybody because we have some we have other people on our team or in our communities who have those gifts the third element of self-compassion is mindfulness versus over identification mindfulness in terms of self-compassion is more of an awareness, being aware that there is suffering, there's conflict, there's tension. We have to have an emotional intelligence about how we're feeling in order to be able to practice self-compassion. Versus over-identification. Over-identification in the language of self-compassion means that we don't take the problem and make it bigger than it actually is, as in making a mountain out of a molehill or through the language of psychology, we're not catastrophizing 
or magnifying the problem. We're looking at the problem exactly as it is, and it may be surmountable in its right size. And I like to include under-identification, the idea that we are not mindful, we're not aware of the problem at all, and we just whirl by it as if it's nothing. So being aware so that we can also be attending to the problem in its correct size as it exists, and that through self-compassion, we may meet the challenges of that particular goal in our lives so that we don't succumb to some of the uh, myths around self-compassion. That is that self-compassion is a form of self-pity, that it means weakness will make us complacent and not have the energy, the drive, uh, the, the commitment to reach our goals that it is narcissistic is also a myth, and that it is selfish. All of these myths have been researched by Kristen Neff and others who have joined this study of self-compassion, and they have been proven to be false, that self-compassion actually fuels our perseverance, our endurance. It gives us a sense of resilience, being able to bounce back from the, the conflicts or the failures. And it also gives us an open mind to creatively solve problems that are uh, coming our way. When we are stressed, we tend to think in a kind of rigid and narrow way. Self-compassion actually opens up uh, creative problem solving so that we can see what the alternatives may be. So how to practice self-compassion. One way is to take time, as I mentioned earlier, and just notice that there's a problem and speak to oneself as if you were being spoken to by a friend who loves you unconditionally. This is a challenge to do but it, it can be very helpful. How would your friend who loves you unconditionally speak to you? And speak those words to yourself. They might be messages like, I'm here for you. You can actually do this. Um, you, you are enough, you are good enough, and you do have what you need to persevere. And just notice in a practice of self-compassion, what the effect is. Another way of practicing self-compassion is to create or devise a, an affirmation for yourself. Something like, what can I do to love and accept myself in this moment? Or, today I will treat myself with kindness. Or, like any human being, I have strengths and weaknesses, and that's okay. Or, as a last example, I'm healing through self-compassion. Because self-compassion is a practice. 
And so perhaps you do think, as I do, it is time for self-compassion. You have been listening to the Wellness Journey podcast from the St. John Vianney Center. I hope today's topic, self-compassion, proves useful to you. You can find all of our podcasts and additional resources for clergy and religious on our website at sjvcenter.org. Click on Resources. We are companions on your journey to stay healthy in mind, body, and spirit. We are the St. John Vianney Center, and our mission is you.